You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. Welcome to Brand Matters Live. This is episode three of our new show here at Aftermark. Today, I have a very special guest with me and Rob. Rob's here in the background. You hear his voice? Be like the man above today coming at you. You may not see him, but you'll hear him. Uh, very special guest, Mark Schaefer, joins us in a conversation that many of you may see as controversial in the live video space, considering we here at Aftermark talk a lot about live video and how to use it for your brand. Mark Schaefer is going to talk to us about how Facebook Live is not yet ready for prime time. And you might be surprised as to who agrees with him. Uh, let's bring Mark onto the show and have him introduce himself because he can uh, do that way better than I can. Mark, how are you? Yeah, I could not be better. Doing <laughs> a little downtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you uh, joining the show today. Kind of last minute, saw the article published. Uh, you had written uh, on, your, on your website, businessgrow.com, uh, why Facebook Live is not ready for prime time. There's some amazing conversation behind that. I believe it was there a few weeks or a few months back where you had gotten some audience uh, comments uh, from the group and you incorporated some of those into the article, which I think is absolutely amazing. And I'd like to discuss those today a little bit. And, uh, you know, the goal of this show is to give our audience a whole view of what's going on in the space, not just one side of it. So the fact that um, this sounds contradictory is perfect, not an argument or a debate. You can only be the winner, the audience, because you'll learn a different side of things. Today. So, uh, Mark, what was the what compelled you to uh, put this out there, especially with, you know, all of these trending articles coming out lately saying live video is the hot thing. Facebook Live is where to be. Brands need to be here. What compelled you to write this, this uh, you know, opposite uh, opposing piece? Well, it's, it's not necessarily a, an opposing piece. Uh, and this is one of the very interesting psychological aspects of the social web that uh, uh, people uh, tend to uh, jump to conclusions. It's, it's, it's funny, Vincenzo, you know, I, if I write something that uh, is just, uh, I, don't, I don't ever intend to write something controversial. I try to write something with a with a realistic, practical, business oriented perspective. If I ever write something that is like counter to the the echo chamber, it's like, oh, Schaefer said content marketing's dead. <laughs> Schaefer said Facebook's dead, and I mean that's not what I said at all. So the reason uh, I, I wrote the article, I usually have this little rule <laughs> when I when I see something going on and I kind of see it three times it's like okay maybe i should comment on this and the and the thing that was nagging at me is that this is the time of year when we have a lot of predictions for the new year and one of the easy predictions is that live video is going to be hot and it's going to be hot but what started to bother me was and people started characterizing this as, uh, you know, something that's going to be a revolution in 2017 or, or, or something that's going to be the most important characteristic, you know, the game changer of marketing in, in 2017. And I think live video uh, is extraordinary. 
I think it's, um, uh, I, I think there's no more powerful way to humanize uh, a brand than to put a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little hoarse today. <clears throat> I think these are maybe the first words I've spoken today. <clears throat> well, I'm glad they're on our show. It's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I can remember, I think it was either the first week or the first day that Facebook Live went live. And, and Mark Zuckerberg was on Facebook Live. Did you see that? Yeah. And he launched it at, wasn't it at his, uh, was he in his office? I it was can't... in his office. Yeah, it was in his office. Yeah, right. Was it the first day? It was either the first day or like before they first started. Couple, first couple of days. It was right. And, 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 I watched, and, I, and I watched this video and I thought, you know, this is really amazing how just seeing his face, his face and hearing his voice, you know, the mysterious man in the hoodie behind Facebook just was so cool. To see him, uh, you know, exhibit pride, uh, optimism, joking around a little bit, you know, and I, I really, really right. love that. It made a great impact on me. But the, the thing that I see is that th there tends to be an over-exuberance on things like this. And what bothers me, and this is something I mentioned to you offline, yeah. is that when people become evangelists and they have an agenda, of looking at the world in, in, in a practical way. And here's the thing that I've learned. I mean, I've been in marketing more than 30 years and I've worked with so many different kinds of companies and the biggest predictor of success to any sort of digital transformation, marketing transformation, technological adoption, it's not the budget, it's not the people, it's not the strategy, it's not the technology. It's the culture. It's the culture of the company. I can walk into a company usually in 20 or 30 minutes and figure out if something's going to work or not just based on the language that they use and meeting some of the leaders. And corporate culture is extremely difficult to change. Uh, I mean, to give you some example, I mean, this is hard to, it's hard for me to believe. But in the last six months, I had conversations with two Fortune 100 brands about how do, how do we get into social media? Well, social media is mature. I mean, it's been around five, six, seven years, and they're still struggling with social media. So I see that live streaming video, in particular, has special cultural hurdles has special legal considerations, has special talent considerations. So that it has all the potential in the world, undeniable potential. But is 2017 going to be the year of live streaming revolution? In the corporate world, you know, I don't think so. I think some of the leading companies, some of the leading brands, they're going to push it. We'll, we'll see that coming on in places like maybe Coca-Cola, Nike, some of the companies that are really known for their innovative marketing. We'll, we'll, you know, the companies that do things well tend to do everything well. So if you look at the best managed companies, I think that's where, where we'll see pushing the envelope on some of the live streaming stuff. 
But for a lot of businesses, this is going to be a difficult transition. What, what do you think about that? I, and, and so I want to make sure that uh, I acknowledge the audience too. I, I'm going to answer that. Um, by the way, phenomenal points. I, I definitely agree with you more than some may think, um, and maybe yourself as well. You know, here we are in a, posi- in a point in 2016 where everyone is looking for the next hot thing to jump on. What's, what do I need to jump on for 2017 to impress my employer, to impress my supervisor? to make it look like I'm in the know. And so I think that there are unfortunately too many that get caught up in that. And mm-hmm. my video as a whole, as you know, as Rob, uh, who's the voice behind this today, somewhere back there, Rob's been doing this for many, many years, right, Rob? And so we know that live video is, is important because I mean, or else we wouldn't have things like live events on television. We wouldn't have news. You know, news is live. All of those things are live video. Mm-hmm. What I found interesting with the article is that you specifically mentioned Facebook Live. I do want to welcome to the show Terry, uh, Terry Johnson, Rose Mango, Rob Goldlieb. Uh, you, you're all watching. Jeff Say, Rose. Um, I, I already said Rose. Uh, thank you guys for jumping in. Sam Gonzalez, Amy Schmidauer as well, who's somewhere else in the building. Uh, thank you guys for watching. And if you have questions for Mark or myself or Rob, whether it's technical about Facebook or live video in general, uh, please make sure that you, you ask those questions and make comments. If you agree, if you disagree, do you think Facebook live is ready for prime time? And more so, do you think live video is the revolution that some are calling it? Uh, Mark, I want to, so you mentioned a couple of things here, legal constraints, cultural constraints, and talent constraints in the article itself. Um, and, and I like that you, you're saying now, you know, Nike, Coca-Cola, those are two companies that are always at the forefront of yeah. a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the leaders. And so for a company like that, why do you think, before we jump into things like legal and culture, what is it about those companies, Coca-Cola, uh, Nike, and you know we've seen other companies like AT and uh, uh, with Snapchat. We've seen Mastercard uh, adopt Snapchat mm-hmm. as well. Why do you think companies like that are able to jump on these trends at quick, quick, more quickly than some other corporate? Well, I'll tell you, Vincenzo. Uh, I can remember when I was a young guy starting in marketing for the first time, and I had the amazing opportunity to work with uh, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken. And from a consumer's view, you think, oh, these companies, they're nimble and they're fast and they're adjusting and they're not. (laughs) (laughs) It is amazing how conservative a lot of these companies are. Um, But I think uh, especially... You know, I think Coca-Cola is the greatest marketing company in the world. I think what they do is miraculous. They have a product. They have this colored sugar water that never changes and never will change. And they make it relevant to every generation. I mean, they're just, it's miraculous what they do. And I think to be relevant to this generation, and Nike has to do the same thing. They've got to be pushing the boundaries of some of these uh, streaming technologies. They've got to be on Snapchat, no question. 
uh, they've got to be uh, on, uh, you know, Facebook Live, on live streaming video. So I do think we'll see innovation in those areas. But to give you an example of kind of the rest of the world, um, one of the great advantages I have is I teach graduate classes at Rutgers University. And so the people in my classes are mid to level, mid to senior level marketing leaders, generally at big companies in the New York City area. Some are business owners, a few might work for an agency. So after my last couple classes, I said, let's do a Facebook Live. And, and you know, none of them had been on Facebook Live before. So I said, let's experiment. Let's try it. Let's see what it's like. So after the class, I said, you know, who I need five, six volunteers out of a class of 30. And I would say more than half the class couldn't do it legally. Couldn't do it. What, what, so what legal ramifications were there? Because they were they were they were prohibited. By? From their company, by their company, in their you know employee handbook or whatever, that uh, they couldn't participate in in something like that, you know e even something outside of work like a college class, it, with with something as benign as talking about something that you learned in a class, and I mean there was a there was per, there was a person there who was a news producer from a, a network a TV TV news show. And she said, no, can't do it. <laughs> so, I mean, that just gives you some example that, look, no matter how great it is, no matter what the potential is, uh, I mean, I faced this, half my class said no. <laughs> uh, and that's in something as, as just, some, as I said, something benign and something as fun as just talking about a, a class you're taking at Rutgers University, that gives you some idea of, of the, the legal constraints that, that a lot of people, it's just a reality, a lot of companies. Uh, I, want, I want to get Rob in on this conversation as well. I know he had uh, some, some he's, it, Rob has a lot of viewpoints here. So you're going to hear Rob's voice. You're not going to see him uh, right this second, uh, but Rob Hicks is uh, the one behind. He's kind of like Oz, right? That the man behind the curtain. So <laughs> Rob, go ahead. So I thought the article that you wrote was absolutely spot on. And, you know, you're one of the first people to identify the legal issues that I just hadn't seen being addressed anywhere on social media. Um, and it was kind of I, I kind of smirked when when I saw you say that, because we started driving and doing shows for uh, for a legal firm called Cloudogy Law. And that's their specialty is intellectual property and copyright protection. Um, so. For, for sure, we've seen that. I mean, one of the brands that we represent is has a SAP, and that's those are big things. You know what? All these big brands have not not just brand um, uh, design guides, but they also have tons of legal things that they can and can't or that their employees can and can't discuss. So I thought that that was great that you brought that up, and that's for sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that has to be addressed, particularly ownership of content you know who owns the content uh and that's something that i think you know a lot of these answers aren't even aren't even addressed in the legal system yet yeah as usual a lot of times the technology surpasses our ability to adjust uh again it gets down to a cultural issue 
And by the way, you know, I mean, I'm an advocate. Like I said, uh, it's funny. I said, you know, every time I write an article that I just think is common sense and, 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 and rooted in, in a, a practical view, but people say, oh, Schaefer's saying, you know, marketing's dead. But, you know, even in regulated industries, and I have a lot of people from regulated industries in my classes because the New York, New Jersey area is a hotbed for pharmaceutical, for wealth management, for insurance. And I get in their faces. And I said, look, you've got to figure this out. Five years ago, I might give you some grace and say, okay, well, you know, we've got a lot of adjustments to make. We've got to figure out the legal. Okay, I understand that. But now we're almost into 2017. And, you know, as an example, I work with one wealth management company, and they hired a lawyer for their marketing team. And they get their content approved in one hour. And I use that as an example to say, you know what? The excuses are over. You know, get over it. Figure it out. You got to shift your organization. You got to shift your culture. You've got to lead. You've got to find a way to uh, to adapt and adopt and uh, conform to consumer expectations today. And if you're an insurance company or a bank or a wealth management company, you know they have the same expect- expectations of you than they do of Delta Airlines. So figure it out. And I, I love this example of this friend of mine at the wealth management company who hired the lawyer, it's like, okay, get over it, figure it out. Oh, the, the, the time for excuses is over. Uh, we had a one question from the crowd. Well, we have a couple comments from the crowd, but we had a question about, uh, and this is going to go directly to you, Mark, and, and Rob as well, if you're, you know, you can chime in. Uh, they asked if using something like, these are my opinions and ideas, or this is my broad. Like, we've seen that in Twitter bios oftentimes when folks work for, uh, you know, larger brands, they tend yeah. to, opinions are my own. Is that, does that, is that a coverall? Nope. That doesn't protect anything. When you're on, when, I mean, when you work for a company, you are always on and you are always accountable. And, you, you know, if, I know a lot of people say opinions are my own or whatever, but, if you say something that's, uh, you know, racist, if you say something that's sexist, if you say something that's, that could get you in trouble in, the, in, in a public forum, it could get you in, in trouble in your company too. And there are lots of, there's legal precedent for that. Uh, there's a lot of examples of that where people who, you know, they, they, weren't even, they weren't on the company website. They were on their own time. They were using their own computer and they were suspended or fired because of something that they said. So, I mean, you, it's just the way of the world. You're, you're, you're always on. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I completely agree. And I use this uh, example. <laughs> it's, a, it's a quote my grandmother uh, raised me. And, and in Italian, it sounds a little, I, I think it sounds better. But basically, what you don't do, nobody will know, she says. Uh, and, and I've always taken that to heart. And I also use that when I work with clients, the things mm-hmm. that, you don't want out there, don't, don't do them. You know, that's, that's authenticity, in my opinion. That's the true meaning of authenticity. Yeah. That, you know, anything you put out there is what you're, you're doing. It, this is it. We're just showcasing what we already do. We don't have to hide or we don't have to put on a front. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I've always taken that uh, approach. 
Well, the um, interesting thing, Vincenzo, in all of this is that, um, you know, one of the hallmarks, I think, of my writing, my speaking, and my classes is that I, I always, I, I typically end my, my discussions with, uh, with a challenge to be more human. And I think live video is a great way to do that, but it's it's also accepting flaws. Mm. Now, it's accepting mistakes every now and then. And uh, one of my favorite stories, I was working with a client. He has this winery, a vineyard in, in France. And one of my favorite examples was he sent me this video and he was standing on top of this grape harvester, this giant piece of machinery. And the, the, the sun is rising above the hills in Provence. And he looks at the camera. He said, many people think uh, our grapes are, are harvested by hand. Oh, no, no, no. We use these big machines. And as he was telling the story, the thing starts to move. He's falling off this thing. Here's what maybe just loved this guy. He kept it in. That's great. He was willing to. It, it was, and it was such a better story. And, and, and that is, and that kind of gets back to our original point. He can do that because he's the business owner of a small business. He can make the decision to say, I'm willing to be human. I'm willing to make the mistakes. He doesn't have to go through a legal team. And that may be where we see the first adoption of innovations like Facebook Live. I would expect that we would. But, you know, a great, a great portion of our economy is, you know, big companies with legal departments. And I think it's just going to be, it's going to be slow, slower to adopt. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think we'll see this, this rapid transformation that a lot of the, the pundits are, are saying. So you're saying we should get rid of lawyers. I, I completely agree. Keep uh, lawyers. Because lawyer, the lawyer's job is to keep you out of jail. And I like that. I, I like that. Absolutely. I, hey, nothing That's wrong my with first that. rule of life. Stay out of jail. <laughs> rule number one, Mark Shaper's rules of life. Rule number one, yourself. Um, rule number two, figure it out. <laughs> and those are great rules to live by. Alyssa uh, said, how does this relate to direct sellers who've created their own company brand? And I think we kind of touched on that with Mark's story. If it's your own brand and you're willing to accept that vulnerability, it, you, know, you can do what you choose. When you're dealing with large corporations or any business that has to deal with legal departments and has to deal with public relations crises, um, that's when you need to, uh, you know, you need to kind of adjust or adapt to their calling. Um, Alan Steele, thanks for joining us, Alan. Christian Adams as well. Um, let's see. Christian says the marketing com industry seems to have forgotten Brogan's trust agents book, differentiation from all the noise. Uh, and I listen. I there is differentiation, but to Mark's point as well, there's also knowing the time and place for it. Uh, Mark. I want to touch, if it's okay with you, uh, upon some of the comments that uh, folks made about live video. And, um, you know, folks like Ian Cleary, a friend of mine, Mark Babbitt, uh, Chris Moody, if, if we can touch on those. Just, I, I just, and this is not, I, I don't even want to talk about who said them. I won't read off the name. I mean, I know I've said the names, but I won't read who said what. Yeah. I, people can go ahead and read that in the article. Uh, go over to businessgrow.com. That's uh, Mark's website. You can also catch Mark at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, March 22nd through 24th, 2017. There's the article. We have uh, the view right there. This is the article you'll be looking for on Mark's website. 
um, and you can check out some of this. But one, one, uh, one that kind of struck me was the one that said live video feeds the ego, not the business. Mm-hmm. Now, the young punk in me wants to say, that's wrong. The business side of me says, okay, I don't understand that. What is it about live video that's any different from, say, starting a blog or posting on Twitter or uh, making a commercial with your face in it? Why is live video feeding ego and those things don't? Well, I mean, first of all, um, I, I um, offer comments from a variety of people, and um, it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with them all. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I really push for for debate. I I I push for we 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 have to keep moving our industry forward. And one of the big problems is that everybody just tries to be nice to each other. They're afraid to take a stand, um, and uh, they're afraid to offer an opinion. And so what I tried to do is, you know, I said something on Facebook about, you know, I just I think Facebook Live is great and it's going to continue to move forward, but I don't think it's going to be this transformational force in 2017 that a, that a lot of gurus think it is because of the cultural issues, the legal issues, and the talent issues. And to my surprise, a lot of very smart people and a lot of experienced people chimed in with their comments and, you know, most of them agreed. So I said, hey, you know, I might take a few of these comments and put them in a blog post. And in, in some ways, I do think the names matter because there are, there, there's a lot of, I mean, I would say in that blog post, there's 150 years of marketing experience represented there. Can't, can't, can't ignore that for sure. So this, I mean, this is a gift that these people took time to offer these comments. Maybe, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe you disagree, but it's a gift. It's a, it's a discussion. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a point of view. And, and that's, that's, I think that's what my job is. I often say my job isn't to have all the right answers. It's, that, it's to ask the right questions. And so by asking the question, it prompts a, a good discussion like we're having today. And I think that's healthy. Uh, Terry Johnson said that she senses a wall of resistance for live video from those who don't understand the potential use as a discovery tool. Um, and I, I know you do have some thoughts on that, Mark. Uh, there was similar comments I saw going around yesterday uh, about that, um, this concept of, well, it's not understood, so that's why we're shunning it. Yeah. Is there, I mean, listen. You well, can, I mean, first I've got to ask you, yeah. why people think it's not understood? This is not rocket science. I mean, give me a break. I mean, why do people think it's not understood? I think that really demeans a lot of the people that contribute to the, contributed to this article. These are smart, experienced people that have been in marketing 30 years. They work with big clients, small clients all over the place. So they say, oh, well, these people are resistant because they don't understand. You know, I don't buy that. You know, I mean, it, it, this, is, this is not like building a computer. And I think you can look at the basics of consumer behavior, the basics of communication. And I think the advantages of Facebook Live are, are profound, and I think they're obvious. It's yeah. not that hard to understand. 
So, I mean, I think naturally people might be resistant to change. That's another issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, to say, oh, people, people, you know, don't understand. I mean, they don't understand. They don't want to do this because, you know, because they don't get it. Uh, you know, look, I've got gray hair. That means that doesn't mean I don't understand. I've got one. Do you? I noticed that. Actually. I can't see it. Uh, maybe. I don't know. And I'm thinking in the gray hair. He's sporting it with pride, and I get I pride, welcome. To, welcome to the club. I, I, I am. I'm glad. I'm happy to be in that club. I, I'm actually mad that it took me to get 31 before I got one. <laughs> I, we've got Nazim Beltran in the house. Darren Rouse, welcome, Darren. It's uh, morning time for you in Australia, I'm sure. Uh, uh, let's see who else is here. Alan Steele, uh, Mar- uh, Matt Hannaford. Matt Hannaford made a comment, and I got to try and pull it back up. Um, he agreed with you, Mark, on something you said, and I can't read the comment right now, so I'll, I'll pull it up. <laughs> I um, love Darren's comment. At least you've got hair, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Matt. So, so Matt says he agrees with you. He doesn't think it will be a business force in 2017, maybe 2018, 2019, but next year you'll continue to see strong use of live video for news. Does anyone else remember watching the Electoral College voting in the past? Was that something anyone broadcasted? I think it's an additional place for broadcasting of breaking and live news. Uh, Matt, I would agree. I think events is an amazing space. Events and sports is amazing for live video to take charge, take hold. Uh, and, and I did, you know, there is one uh, comment that I, I did enjoy from Erica Stone Gilbert um, in, in your article, Mark. Uh, she says, not everything is live worthy unless you're at an event or live streaming uh, away it's not a good channel for it i wouldn't say it's not necessarily a good channel for it i don't think it right now is the best channel for it and one one discussion that rob and i had uh, i believe it was last week or maybe it was the week before we talked about you know really where are you putting your content so for us right now we're broadcasting this over on youtube so welcome to those of you watching on youtube it's also streaming to our website. Uh, most times it's streaming on Periscope as well or Twitter Live, whatever they call it nowadays. And uh, we also have it syndicated to LinkedIn through our YouTube link. So we've got it everywhere. Uh, so And welcome for those of you that are joining us. If you want the fully immersive experience, Facebook is the best place for it right now. But Mark, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it not necessarily a good channel for certain things? What, and aside from your reasoning, right? Why is the channel itself not good? I have, I have an answer, but I want to hear what you have to say. Um, regarding I don't think, of, I think anything else. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it, it's inherently good or, or bad as a channel. I think it's a wonderful uh, technology. I think the, the risk is and how it's, how it's applied. I mean, I think part of the weariness that people are having with Facebook Live right now is that um, we, we have a lot of people in our business who, who are performing. Uh, you know, they're not really, you know, creating value. They're showing their dinner and they're, you know, they're <laughs> playing, you know, they're singing a song, they're dancing, um, you know, whatever. And I mean, you know, I, I kind of get weary of that when you keep keep getting notices. This person's live. This person's live. This person's live. Now, this idea of being used for news. I mean, this is a this is a topic that's very very interesting to me. I I mean, I started out as a journalist. 
Uh, and I, I love journalism. I believe in journalism. I'm, I'm worried about the future of journalism. And the power of something like this, I mean, if you think about how live streaming video was in the news in 2016, I mean, the way we started the discussion was about marketing, right? I mean, so that's the cultural, cultural impediments of, of adoption in a company. But in terms of news, I mean, it's really thrilling. It's a thrilling technology. It's a transformational technology. It's, it's going to redefine uh, the news. I, I mean, I've been doing workshops. I, I did a workshop. It's kind of like the equivalent, um, the Danish equivalent of the BBC. We had a two-hour workshop on this topic. And, I, I mean, it was just amazing that, that how, this is, how this is changing uh, the news. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big, big deal. All right, we have a question. Rob has a question. Co-host Rob has a question. <laughs> so one of the things that I was kind of fascinated, and I actually commented on your post from the article that was, and there was an employee from a very, very large corporation. I won't, I'm not going to call out names, but the thing that I thought was fascinating was they were complaining about uh, or explaining their pains of doing Facebook Lives. But the corporate history was that company actually was responsible for making televisions, investing into RCA and building it. And it was like, wow, you know, the struggle is real. I, I thought, well, I, I guess what was funny about it is, is I think what we might be able to see with live video is back in the 20s and 30s, there were there were chokeholds on media distribution. And it's always kind of always been that way, right? I mean, it's started with newspapers migrated to radio, migrated to television, but there were always very few funnels in which you could distribute content. So brands would circle around the, the, the rim of the funnel and you know who, it was kind of a bidding war as to who could afford the, the Super Bowl commercials, right? But that now kind of disappears. It disappeared with blogging. It's disappearing now with video. And what I think is going to be interesting over the next decade is what, you know, there are going to be brands that have so much content and so much budget that they might just, you know, do mutual of Omaha's uh, wild kingdom 24 seven. You, you see what I'm saying? I mean, the, the idea of brands sponsoring and creating content is not new. It existed in the twenties, you know, with the Maxwell house uh, coffee hour. And, uh, you know, I just mentioned mutual of Omaha doing uh, uh Wild Kingdom. I mean, those are shows that I grew up on. But I guess the point is, is that with the cost of distribution so inexpensive, it seems to me that it makes more sense that brands, particularly big ones like Coca-Cola, would over time actually have their own channel and say, you know what, we don't need traditional media anymore because nobody's watching cable television anyway. You're hitting on a really uh, powerful point. And, and, and I think th this is we talk about, well, what are the trends of 2017? What are the trends that are really going to have a profound impact? And here's one of them. What you're saying about the inexpensive distribution was right last year. But what's happening is a reconsolidation of power in the distribution channels. And this is going to have a profound impact on all types of content, corporate and otherwise. And here's what I mean. So 
let's use one of your examples. So Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom. Okay, so this started as a television show. Then maybe it was on a website. Then it was on an app. And all through this uh, evolution, you had control of the content. You had a direct connection to the audience. You had an impact on the, new, on the look and feel. Here is the very profound trend that's shifting this. People don't want to go to your app anymore. They don't want to go to your website. They want it in their newsfeed. Facebook wants the content. Apple wants the content. Google wants the content. LinkedIn wants the content. And now we don't have, so we, we've kind of got, we've, we're going through this shift where distribution was wide and cheap, and now it's going back into Facebook being the editor. Now it's not, it's not like the editor at the national news desk deciding if your content is going to be shown or not. It's Facebook. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the big trend with the millennials, they want it that way. And so now, it, this, is, this is so profound. And not a lot of people are talking about this. But we're having a, 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 a re, I don't know what you would call it, you know, it was distributed. And now we're having this refocus of power again, where Facebook is becoming like the network TV station. Apple is, is becoming like the network TV station. And that free, wide distribution of content is going away. And, not, and here's what's worse. Not only are they now responsible for the distribution of the content, they also have direct connection to our audience. Absolutely. And our advertising revenue. So, so, so Mark, we're going to be challenged in this, in this, and, and this is happening now. And, and I've been in the middle of this, discussions with, with, with major brands, with major, uh, well, you know, here, here's something, I'll, just to give you an example, I actually wrote an article about this uh, maybe two months ago. And I interviewed traditional publishers like um, The Economist and, uh, and W Magazine and founder magazine and try to learn how are they handling this refocusing of the content distribution channels and what can we learn as companies and, and brands and individual publishers and one of the businesses i interviewed was a a, 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 a an established company in the uk that had a, a portfolio of of music magazines jazz, blues, classic rock, all right? And they said, we're struggling with this because now people don't go to our site. We're being forced to give our news over to Apple News. We're, we're having a hard time monetizing this. Last week, the company went bankrupt. Laid off, I think it was 70 employees. This has been a, this has been, a company that's been around for, for 40 or 50 years. So, I mean, and it's just an illustration of this redistribution of power and what it's going to mean to all of us. Very key point. So, so Mark, I guess I have a follow-up question would be, you talked about the redistribution of power. So, you know, the, the one thing that's unique about YouTube 
Facebook, Twitter, is that these are all private communities, right? They're walled gardens. And while as Americans, we believe in free market capitalism and we've got our Bill of Rights and our constitutional rights, none of those apply in these private organizations. So, you know, one of the biggest concerns that I've had of recent uh, is, is, is that, is, you know, Facebook has the ability to make you internet famous, but they subsequently also through their algorithm, have the ability to make you disappear digitally and irrelevant. Uh, You know, and they're already showing kind of their hand because they're starting to scan Facebook Live videos for keywords uh, to to do shutdowns. You know, so I won't say any of the words that that I know of because I don't want to shut down this broadcast, but that's, you know, but I mean, that really kind of shows you a grave concern of distribution of power. People operate in these platforms many times falsely believing that they actually have constitutional rights and they don't, they don't have these rights. So, so it's, it's, to me, it sounds like the problem lies not necessarily within corporate culture, but maybe the, the networks themselves, uh, Mark, it sounds like it's a deeper, you know, it's, it's more than just lack of talent, lack of culture. I mean, that's, I think it almost sounds like that's a great excuse to throw at it for a brand, but it sounds like maybe there's a little bit of a deeper, you know, you know, issue here, maybe it is with the networks. Are, are they taking away from what the web or what information should truly be, which is free and open? Or are they taking away and are, you know, are brands shying away from it because of that? And, you know, my question to you is this, what would it take today, if, if it's possible, what would it take for a brand of any size that has the issues laid out in your article to jump on and give Facebook Live or any live video, but let's say Facebook Live specifically, a real shot for their business? Well, you know, I, I really love this discussion, by the way. And uh, you guys are just asking tremendous. Uh, Appreciate you taking your time, by the way, to do I know you were on kind of vacation. So. <laughs> really, it's, it's a joy, really, to, you know, have a conversation, you know, on on something that's, you know, something other than how to set up, you know, how important is Twitter chats or something like that. Uh, But, I mean, Vincenzo, I mean, this is a very, very profound issue that you're bringing up here because you're right. It's it's another layer of um, resistance. So you do have these cultural hurdles, but the, the, the issue is today, let's look at organic reach. So, you know, I, I wrote this article a few years back called uh, Content Shock about how the increasing amounts of content will make content distribution uh, more difficult. It will be more difficult to compete in this world. And so that is another uh, level of resistance. And this is not just a theory. We see this happening all around us. Uh, I think two th- 2013, the average organic reach for a brand on Facebook was 26%, maybe t- t- 2012, 26%. 2016, it's less than 1%. So that you're right. I mean, this information density uh, and, and this, this filtering uh, by the social media platforms, that's, that's another big challenge. And in this environment, the most important thing is branding. I, I think that is a very key issue uh, of, of how to stand out in this environment is branding is more important than ever. 
and especially in an environment where we have to turn over all our content to Facebook and LinkedIn and Google, and it may not result in links back to our website. We have to count on, on, on enhancing our branding as a way to connect and build that. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is build an emotional connection between our brand, our, our company, our, our content, and our audience. And in this environment, uh, branding is, is more important than ever. You have no audio. I can't hear you. Can you yeah. hear me? Sorry, guys. I muted it. My bad. <laughs> um, uh, Mark, you brought up Content Shock, and you wrote an article, I believe, in the same year about how to combat Content Shock, uh, the, your 10 ways. Mm -hmm. And um, there's two that I really enjoyed, uh, one being human connection. Yeah. And you, this is a direct quote from the, the piece you wrote. It says, uh, connecting in a human way is what leads to trust. Trust leads to loyalty. And I believe that loyalty trumps everything else I have written about in this blog post. Is it possible that having, because now let's just take this for example, this type of, of branded show, you were talking about branding. Um, I guess, let me get to that in a second. Would you say that something like a live video like this, there's folks that don't know you, there's folks that don't know me. There's folks that don't know Rob. And we do this every week and we find new individuals that discover us through live video. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't have found us. I don't want to be naive and say they couldn't have found me through my podcast or they couldn't have found me through a blog either. They're finding me through live video, us through live video. And would you say that the human connection is greater through video than with any other medium? Yes. Absolutely. Does the live aspect of it with, uh, with interaction of the audience and being able to directly talk to Eileen Smith, who just said, this conversation is great, and I appreciate you for watching. Hey, Eileen. Eileen rocks. Eileen's awesome. And Christian and Nancy Merlin are, are here. Um, do you think that that aspect of it provide the in, interact, uh, uh, tongue-tied? interaction does that add another level of trust and human connection well i mean it's it, it's it's both i mean we we started up for those people that are joining a little bit late you know we started out talking about the undeniable power of live live video but also the undeniable level layer of complexity this adds to uh you know any any company and any public company any regulated company any you know, conservative company, any company that creates a product that might, you know, be open to, uh, you know, public uh, disdain or controversy, um, they're going to shy away from this. It's going to be very, very difficult to move them in. And while the live interaction provides an opportunity to show what you're made of, a lot of people don't want to do that. <laughs> and that's just the reality of our world. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, these companies, they've, they've, they've built great companies by being conservative. So we have to respect that. We have to honor that. And, you know, I, one of the things that I talk about in my classes is that sometimes the path to branding success and social media success isn't starting with a blog or a live video. It starts with executive education. 
to, 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 you know, to, to, to make them understand how does this fit in the real world? How can we use this and lower their anxiety? Uh, and, and I think that's the phase that we're in. I, th I think we need, uh, there's no such thing as a grassroots cultural change. No matter how much you want it, no matter how much I want it, no matter how much the social media team at this brand wants it, it's not going to happen unless the people who control the budget and the strategy understand it and sponsor it. And a lot of times that's, that's where we need to start is with executive education to make real change in an organization. Uh, Monish joined us from Facebook, and he's actually in New York, Christian, not uh, not San Francisco, but Monish is a uh, is a Colum is a Buckeye himself. He's from Columbus, and Monish, I'm in Columbus now. I drove here to see uh, Ms. Schmittauer, so I'm here, and you should get here as well. But I'm glad you did join us because we're talking about Facebook. Uh, you you said something, Mark, in that uh, where you know ab about the trust ab about trust factor, and and I, I had asked you um, if it does increase it. Would you? think that there's any aspect of this though like what we're doing today that help if let's say this was a branded video let's say this was coca-cola and i worked for coca-cola and i was interviewing our syrup manufacturer you know the, the guy who's on the line making syrup I, I again i don't know the process of making soda so pardon my naivete um but let's say i was doing that would do you think the audience would would take a liking to something like that, or is that really just we're not there yet? Well, I mean, it, it, focusing on that particular example, I mean, Coca-Cola would probably never do that because they would, because people would come on and they would comment and they'd say, you know, what about rights of the people in the Dominican Republic who are cutting down that sugar cane for you? By God, look at this link. Look at what they're doing to the people in the Dominican Republic and they're they're paying them 50 cents an hour. Got to, you know, I mean, when you're Coca-Cola, you've got a target on your back. So, I mean, you're going to have to, it's just the fact of the world. I mean, brands are going to have to use this very, very judiciously. I mean, just focusing specifically on your example. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I mean, Facebook spends millions and millions of dollars uh, to, to nurture their, their brand, and they're not going to want to blow it. Uh, by having some, you know, by taking a risk on some Facebook Live thing. You know, there's a famous case study where McDonald's tried to do that, talking about the sustainability of their farmers. And they got these pretty harsh comments that represented 2% of the comments. I, I can't remember what the forum was. It might have been a Twitter chat. And you know what? That made the front page of the New York Times business section. And I talked to the, to the marketing director and they said, you know what, 98% of the comments were positive. You know, you'd say that's a great success, but great, great success like that doesn't, doesn't make the news. It's 2% yeah. that everybody focused on. And that's in the minds of every one of these companies that are spending millions and millions of dollars to nurture, it, to nurture their brands. They're going to have to, you know, you, if they're going to use Facebook Live or any kind of live video, it's going to be in the context of, of, of maintaining uh, the, the, you know, the beauty of their brand. Yeah. Well, so, so Mark, that would actually, to, to, to kind of follow up on a theme that we talked about earlier, I would almost think that collectively brands would say, you know what, 
the only way that we're going to have the only way we're going to be able to compete against that two percent of the message that drowns us is for us to create our own media i mean at the end of the day right now there's what five news networks and they all are 24 7 death and bad things and you know all the horror stories of the world that you always want to hear around the clock and obviously you know i talk about that with respect to live video and repurposing it for digital signage because you know i never understood why companies would put cnn or fox news in their in their lobbies when they're not controlling the content so you have all these horrific things on tv and you know you can't control what cnn or fox news says but so if you can't do that why would you put it in your lobby and let the bad news sit there and, and actually pay for it so um but i guess my point is is <clears throat> one of the things that i see possible for live video particularly for smaller brands is is to break the old marketing concept that we're a big brand we're going to pay an athlete to wear our brand and then through association we're going to sell to kids that hey if you wear these xyz sneakers that you two are going to be a rock star which you know n nobody actually believes but that generally is the formula for traditional marketing right but by the same token you know you've got these smaller brands that that maybe they have amazing storytellers and to the degree that they are similar to what vincenzo was saying like gene manufacturers i would love to be able to see a u.s based blue gene manufacturer that that does go behind the scenes and shows us the authentic stitching and talks about the stories i mean that that kind of stuff spe speaks to the human to the or to the american dream innovation uh but but these brands aren't coming out, and yet it it like you said earlier, it it really isn't much to do about cost. It's it's fear of of what is it fear of that two percent? Well, I think that's a big part of it, I, and I also think it is about cost. You look at the brands that are creating the most uh, uh, amazing uh, content. Uh, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, the, the thing going viral right now, the H&M Christmas mini movie that was directed by Wes Anderson, uh, the BMW mini movies uh, that have this, you know, beautiful photography in the plot line, um, the premium um, X game extreme kind of content being done by uh, Red Bull. Uh, and, you know, it, it the reason, I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, Nike and Chipotle and all these brands that are creating this epic, epic, you know, hiring directors and all this stuff. And that's what it takes. I mean, it, it, it's, it, that's what it takes. I mean, let me ask you, I mean, I mean, I'm in the business, you're in the business. How many brands, how much branded content do you follow? How many brands? Normally when I ask this, someone might say, you know, Less than five, less than five, okay? We buy thousands and thousands of products. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I would, to answer your question in, with full, you know, candor, um, there's probably 10 brands that I actually follow and care about. There's maybe two that I actually put notifications on to see their content mm. anytime they do it. Um, and yeah. and that, that's me. I know that, I may not be the normal social media guy out there because there's a lot of social media folks that, you know, follow every brand and, and 
feel the need. Well, I, think you're, I think you are normal. And I think I'm that's still a consumer. So I'm a I consumer. Don't, yeah. Right. So I think we need, I, I mean, my favorite, uh, I, I'm working on a new book and I got to interview Tom Fishburne, the marketoonist. And my favorite cartoon, he, he has this guy behind a hamburger counter and the guy's giving him a hamburger, the customer a hamburger. And he said, would you like some branded content with that? I mean, sometimes you just want a hamburger, you know, some, so, sometimes we overthink these things uh, that, you know, you can be highly successful selling uh, hamburgers w- without live, without Facebook live. Uh, Monish made a couple comments. Uh, Sam, if you could scroll in the background for me down to Monish's first comment, I can't see it uh, on our screen here, but Monish, uh, Mark, if you don't know Monish, he's from, uh, he works at Facebook. He made this comment. Live allows unedited, authentic messaging for people and brands. Personally, I'm excited for news networks, personalities, and web series to take advantage of live over brands. That's interesting. That's uh, just say it's, it's interesting to hear that. I, I, I love hearing that, Monish. Thank you. He says, sell the hamburger. Um, but he did make a comment earlier. I can't pull it up right now. Uh, where uh, basically live video is still a consumer product. So with all consumer products, it's going to take time to adopt uh, at a mass scale. I do want to respect your time, Mark. And I, again, like I said, I thank you for joining us on the show. Um, for those of you that don't know Mark or haven't met him, check him out at businessgrow.com. Actually, actually businesses. Uh, businesses grow. I'm sorry. I know I said business grow earlier and I didn't mention it. This is ironic. I called it businesses grow because nobody can spell Schaefer. Yeah, I know. I made that mistake. Nobody can remember businesses grow either. Uh, well, you know, businesses do grow. <laughs> and hopefully your business will grow if you go to businessesgrow.com, which is Mark's website. Um, one last comment before we, uh, we sign off here. You mentioned content partnerships, and I know that this is kind of going back into a conversation we were having earlier. Uh, you mentioned brandscaping, newsjacking, sponsored content, and native advertising in that article from 2014. So first of all, first and foremost, I want to tell those of you watching the show right now on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you're tuning in, these strategies aren't new, right? If, if strategies that you put in, and we talk about this every week. You've heard me talk about this on Afterthoughts on the Brand News podcast for 200 episodes. Um, these aren't new. If you are employing these strategies in your blog, you can st- they can transfer over to live video. It's just a different mode of delivery. And I truly do believe that consistency is still king. You need to be consistent with anything you do. You can't write one blog post just like you can't write, do one live video and expect to bring in sales and have ROI. So however you want to dice that up, you still have to understand the basics. Um, and that's where I think a lot of uh, marketers these days, actually, they lack the basic fundamentals of what marketing is at its core. So um, that could be a discussion for another day, I'm sure. But I just wanted to ask you about the sponsored content and, and newsjacking, which is uh, David Meerman Scott. That was his term, I believe, or he, he kind of coined that term a while back. And, um, and even brandscaping, because it goes along with, I, I think, sponsored content to an extent. Will we see more of that with live video um, as opposed to uh, influencer marketing? Well, the reason these things are all taking off, 
all these things, including influencer marketing, is because we're moving toward an ad-free society. You know, uh, I consume more television than I've ever consumed, but I don't see ads unless it's a, a new show or a sporting event uh, because I watch it on, uh, you know, Netflix. I, I subscribe to Sirius Radio, Sirius XM, so I don't hear ads. I, you know, I uh, subscribe to the online versions of the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post. I don't see ads. Uh, people, 30% of Americans have ad blockers on their phones. They don't see ads on their phones. So we're moving toward an ad-free society. Where are these advertisers going to spend their money? <laughs> it's yeah. going to be on sponsored content. It's going to be on influence marketing because these are the only things that are getting through these days. So, uh, yeah, so it's a very relevant point, Vincenzo. I, uh, again, I do appreciate you taking the time. Last final comment here. All right, last final comment. Uh, what do you think of this broadcast? And, and I know you checked out some of our other broadcasts. What do you feel is the benefit of something like this for a brand or for really anybody, but mainly brands? Is this type of professional broadcast with high quality visuals and graphics and content popping in, is there value there? I mean, I think there, there, could, there could be value. Everything gets down to the, to the, to the goal of, of the company. You know, it depends. It, it, it really gets down to uh, what kind of behavior do you want to drive? You know, if you're, if you're in the coal business, you know, I don't know, maybe this doesn't make sense. In the insurance business, you know, maybe it does if you can get your, your lawyers to approve. <laughs> you know, if you're in the retail business and you can use this to interview famous designers, I mean, this could be amazing. So it, it all gets down to there's, there's no cookie cutter marketing solution for, for anybody. Absolutely. It all gets down to you know, what, how are you trying to move the needle? I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you for, for joining us again. Uh, Nazim, Christian, Nancy Merlin, Ian Cleary, Terry Johnson, Alice, uh, Alan Steele, Alyssa Payne, Rob Goley, Monish. Thank you. Eileen Smith. Uh, who else? We have Rose Mango. Dot Live joined us. Gary Stockton, Darren Rouse, Mark Goeth, uh, Matt Hannaford, all of you and, and everyone else that I, that I don't have here uh, at my disposal. Thank you. You missed Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> you named everybody but Rudolph. <laughs> I did. There's Donner and Blitzen, and yeah. <laughs> I forgot how the rest of it goes. Uh, make sure that you click the, uh, the link that I pinned to thank Mark uh, for being on the show today and uh, providing us with uh, his perspective on, on Facebook Live and really just another perspective. That's what we aim to do here on the Brand Matters Live show is to give you as many perspectives as possible uh, to make sure that your brand is considering all options when it comes to uh, marketing. Of course, we, we do enjoy when they take a look at live video. Uh, on behalf of the man behind the curtain, Rob, just say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, there he is somewhere. Rob is behind the curtain there. Uh, on behalf of myself, Vincenzo Landino, Rob, happy holidays. Mark Schaefer, thanks for joining us, and I hope to talk soon. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.